0: My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the co founder and president of The Business of Cannabis. This is BFC Live for Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. BFC Live is a video and podcast production of The Business of Cannabis. Since 2017, through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real world and virtual events, we have highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. Upcoming, we have our first conversation with Liz Stahura, who is the co-founder and president of BDSA. Last week, we announced that BDSA is our new official insights partner of the business of cannabis. So this is our first in a weekly series with her. Uh, Just some notes, upcoming events. We have our sister publication, Report on Psychedelics, has two new podcasts out this week, their weekly briefing and a conversation with MindMed all of the talk of the psychedelics industry for sure. As well, they have a webinar coming up tomorrow, May 28th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Check it out at reportonpsychedelics.com. Also, thank you uh, to the Neo Exchange for their support of Report on Psychedelics. On Friday, May 29th, Eric Christensen with Little Rocket will uh, have a Lunch and Learn a second in a four-part series called Creating an Omnichannel Cannabis Retail Experience, presented by Shopify. Little Rocket is a Shopify agency partner that's built an amazing front-end technology to, uh, upon the Shopify platform for retailers, so register for that on our website. Again, that's Friday, May 29th at noon. The Friday following that, June 5th, Kelly Becker and Jen Larry from the Cannabis Education Guild will be our Lunch and Learn guest to talk about their travels and educational exploits uh, throughout Asia. As always, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And thank you to our partners, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, and as you'll see, BDSA for their ongoing support of Business of Cannabis. Now, to the first of our weekly conversations with BDSA, highlighting cannabis data and insights with Liz Stahura, the co-founder and president of BDSA. Enjoy. This Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me.
0: It seems like we're going to do this every couple of hours because last night <laughs> you gave a, a great presentation as part of uh, our relaunch of Cannabis Forward in a fully virtual environment. So thank you for being here uh, again this morning. And it's even earlier this morning where you are. So, <laughs> so thank you for doing that. And, and this Absolutely. is actually, the, this is sort of the first one we're going to do as BDSA as the uh, official insights partner of the business of cannabis. So this is so exciting and thank you for being here again.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, One of the many of the things we could go over and over and over all the things you talked about last night, because every point I was like taking notes furiously, but a couple of things I wanted to run through because I thought it really struck me as both super insightful, but also important to sector overall and Canada specifically. You mentioned um, the overall size of the cannabis industry that you guys are projecting through 2025 and where that fits in the global scheme as well. Talk a little bit about that because I found that exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as one of the many layers of data and insights that we bring to the table are our global forecasts and uh, market modeling. So, looking at uh, both current and past sales, um, and and really more importantly, thinking about what's what's coming in the future and forecasting out, we just released our most up-to-date forecasts in um, early April, actually, um, right when COVID was starting to to really roll out and really feel some impact. So, uh, we will be paying very close attention throughout the rest of the year for any kind of long-term impacts, primarily to 2020. Um, but what we see for the forecast or for the future outlook of, um, of both the Canada industry and also the global industry is overwhelmingly uh, positive news, uh, frankly, if you look at the numbers. So we're forecasting Canada to be a $6.4 billion um, industry by 2025. That's compound that annual growth rate of over 25%, uh, which is pretty incredible if you think about what other industries out there have that sort of growth trajectory um and even more positive news that fits into the global legal cannabis industry uh, which is going to reach about 46 billion by 2025 in that same period
0: yeah that is those are those are big numbers but also big numbers <laughs> I, I used to I used to work in government and we would have these big 2020 projections it makes me feel very old but now we're projecting not that far into the distant future that it's 2025. um and where does that put us sort of year to date i guess because as you said i mean it's been a interesting sort of first half of the year but talk about sort of where we are both on the canadian side but also on the u.s side in terms of overall numbers for the year to date
1: well yeah like i said when we released our forecasts and our forecasts include, of course 2020 forecasts um, which are the most most likely to be impacted by covid and the subsequent economic impacts we did decide to uh, to hold off on creating any sort of predictions for what's going to happen for the end of the year at that time because there simply wasn't enough data um in early march and or excuse me in late march and early april we were certainly seeing a lot of impacts happening in sales and we actually talked about some of that a few weeks ago jay uh when we were doing our uh, our tech webinar uh but what we noticed in um, in the beginning of may into the end of may we were really looking at very reactionary shopping behavior uh shoppers were were reacting to the new cycle um, and we saw a lot of peaks and valleys surges with stocks stock up behavior Um, we saw then the subsequent dips um, as consumers were either a going through that stock um, and or be uh, wrestling with stay at home and, and some of the fear-based behaviors that we saw. Um, as we look back in the rear view mirror, uh, the entirety of March, uh, what we suspected is what we saw in terms of overall sales. Uh, March was largely a very positive month, both in Canada and in the US. Uh, every US market that BDSA tracks was up at about similar levels um, to what we saw uh, up here in Canada with the exception of a couple of markets that were impacted by regulatory uh, issues so Nevada very impacted by tourism uh, but also impacted by very stringent stay at home uh, that enforced delivery only before there was a real good delivery infrastructure in place Um, and then Massachusetts of course which got shut down absolutely. Um, Ontario also faced some of those challenges but but was able to bounce back um, exceedingly well and we're seeing you know, some, some actually some really great silver linings coming out of that situation in Ontario. Um, April, m- more of the same. Uh, we do expect to see once we get the final projected and extrapolated April data uh, ready to go, we do expect to see uh, largely positive results in April. Um, and frankly, the first couple of weeks of May are, are looking relatively strong too. Um, so, so all signs point to a very resilient um, and recession resistant cannabis industry thus far.
0: It's good. And, and we've talked about it a lot, both both us but and last night at the retailer panel was about there's going to be a lot more stores, right? Whenever, yeah, even as we go, there's stores that are just opening up curbside delivery, curbside pickup and delivery, but also when things get back to some sort of normal, which I actually want to ask you about, um, you know, there'll be more stores in people's neighborhoods, which, which I expect will drive people to make their first purchase in their neighborhood, which is exciting. And I think you know as we go we'll see those numbers reflected not only in ontario but but that impacts greatly sort of what's happening here in canada uh, sort of big picture but when we first chatted at lunch to learn a couple maybe a month ago you talked about how um current behavior in the midst of covid uh and crises overall generally don't start new trends but they accelerate trends that are already there and maybe in the canadian in, in the cannabis realm sort of put the the real world on top of cannabis and the cannabis just becomes more like every other shopping experience talk a little bit about that because. Um, Certainly, you know, people in our realm and the the cannabis industry here have really shifted to online purchases and delivery or curbside pickup. Talk a little bit about that, what you're seeing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you summed it up nicely, Jay. I mean, what, what we really are seeing is an exacerbation of trends that we're already starting and a continuation of trends that happen in other industries. Uh, so cannabis is unique. It is special. It is different. Uh, and it is also a retail business uh, and shoppers tend to behave like shoppers um, in a variety of the same kind of variety of situations. Uh, but what we're seeing is um, From the early surges again in March that we were talking about and that we've spoken about earlier, um, we're starting to see both a return to what we're saying um, as the new normal uh, and also a continuation of some of these behaviors. So when we think about that stock up behavior, we're still seeing elevated basket sizes. We are still seeing less traffic in stores. And of course, this varies region by region based on on regulations and, and what's allowed in store traffic. But we're starting to see that curve start to shift back down towards more normal levels uh, to what we've seen in the past. So we do expect that stock-up behavior to to slowly flatten that curve, um, if I could use the the COVID term. Um, But what we're seeing continue to trend upwards, and again, this is what we expected to see, this was our hypothesis early in March, is the shift towards different fulfillment options And in particular, as you mentioned, those online fulfillment options. Um, So we've been watching a uh, a sample of stores in California, actually, and we chose that sample uh, because they already had all three fulfillment options to be able to understand what that shopping, or excuse me, what that distribution of of fulfillment options look like uh, within those stores. And what we found, as we expected, uh, we did see a surge in online pickup and click and collect, um, as opposed to store traffic once that, as that was mandated. And then we also saw increases in delivery. As we're moving out of mandated social distancing and, and um, in-store curbside pickup, what we're seeing is that the click and collect is starting to return to more normal, sort of pre-COVID levels, but what is staying elevated is that delivery option. Um, and we do expect that trend to continue. And the interesting thing that we're looking at, when we look at stores that have all three fulfillment op- options, what we're not looking at is the new stores uh, that are coming online with those new fulfillment options and or delivery only services and increases in consumers uh, pushing their, their shopping towards those channels and those new stores as well.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of that and we'll be tracking it closely in Ontario where, where the stores are really, uh, ramping up because there will be models. Of course, they're going to have a brick and mortar store, but I think they will come across much more like a delivery service because that's where people are actually spending the dollars and it's just easier um, to actually get uh, it. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's, you know, it, it's absolutely still going to be a safety and a, and a comfort and it's also a convenience. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, looking at those, that sample of stores, just to give you some numbers since we do love data. Uh, so, the first two months, or excuse me, the first two weeks of March, uh, the, that sample of stores saw about 6% of their total sales coming from delivery. By the first two weeks of May, it was at 16%. Uh, so, it's pretty significant growth and sustained over those, uh, those eight or 10 weeks period.
0: Yeah, it's also, I mean, just from an operational perspective from a retailer, just easier to retain that customer and be in constant contact with them if they've ordered online, right? It's, it's
1: Absolutely, a- and ironically so, because you know cannabis is such a human touch industry. We rely on our butt tenders, and rightly so, and the experts of our store staff and that interactive experience. So it's really interesting to watch these retailers uh, get innovative and shift their strategies um, to be able to maintain that relationship with their customer and really keep that brand experience that their customer expects and wants and that community feel um, just through different platforms and through a a different method of of communication.
0: Well there was there was one that just launched here called Tok Text. So it's like you get a text every day with a special how many do you want one two or three you text back and that's how you get delivered to your door. So it's I mean, the the innovation's happening uh, really quickly. Um, Liz, I really appreciate uh, you being with us last night, being with us this morning, and always the insight that you guys bring. And that's why we are so keen to have you guys as our insights partner, because uh, this on a weekly basis is going to make, I mean, it's important that our audience gets smarter, but also as we get smarter, it's it's just, uh, it's a good habit to be in on a regular basis to just learn and learn and learn. So thank you so much for sharing.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's a real pleasure. Always fun to chat and really looking forward to sharing uh, more insights with y'all.
0: Great. Thanks, Liz.
1: Thank you, Jay. All right.